So here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. I am Ross, as always. I'm joined by three fine gentlemen to discuss all things town. I'm joined by Carl Fuller, Ben Diaf, and the Sweet Rush Prince, Harvey Davis. I want to go over to the man making his debut on the podcast, but a name and a face you may already know. Fuller Flavor himself, Cole. Thanks very much for joining us. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. How are you? And um, apparently you've just done your first park run. How did that go? Hello, Ross. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the park run went very well. Thank you. Uh, 25 minutes, 16 seconds. I finished third in my age group, 25th overall. So happy days. Not bad Not bad for someone who's just turned 50 on the way to 51. Well done, mate. Love that. Love that. And um, yeah, we were speaking off air. You know, you, you do the column full of flavour. Another season beckons. Um, how has that been doing that? It's been a lot of ups and well, it's been a lot of downs actually since you've had to do that. But um, what, what's that been like doing that all those years? It's been a miserable period, let's say, in Ipswich Town's history. Had one season where we, we obviously reached the playoffs during that time, and uh, it, it was a bit more positive to write about. And, and I thought last season would be, but last season was really difficult to write about because we weren't dire like we had been the few years leading up to last season but at no point were we great so I was having to find middle ground which was a lot harder than writing about us being poor all the time yeah it was a busy summer busy season many ups and downs and all that sort of stuff but um, it's great to have you on the podcast my friend we're going to cover all things town this week the man that is joining you is good old Ben Diaz oh what a man he's got I mentioned watching if you're watching on video you'll see he's got the new Umbro kit which is looking lovely Ben, you're a runner as well. You've done marathons, you've done all that sort of stuff. But how are you, my friend? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Ross. Been out for a few runs recently, but it's, it's quite warm, isn't it? We've had some good weather, not much rain about. So always harder in the heat. Carl did very well with that park run. I, I do uh, doff my cap to anybody doing their first park run or their 50th park run, whatever. It's good to get out there, do what we can. Keep off, uh, well, keep, keep healthy, should I say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very well. Thank you. Enjoying the summer. I think, as I said last time I was on the pod, I do like a bit of time off. I do like the anticipation of the season, but it's nice to focus on other interests as well, which I'm sure most of us have. So um, yeah, really enjoying the summer. Thank you. Got a holiday coming up soon and then it will be bang, back to Portman Road. Cannot wait. Yes, we're saying July 30th. We've got football in July, which is going to be amazing. Of course, we've got pre-season, but the, the big kickoff, July 30th at home to someone remind me, I forgot already, who are we at home to? Bolton. Bolton, Bolton, there we go. Bolton at home at Porton Road. Um, okay, Ben Diaf is done. Up next and final man joining us is the Sweet Welsh Prince, Harvey Davis, who will be cheering on his boys in Qatar um, in December, J- November. Wes Burns, will he be joining them? We shall see. That would be great, wouldn't it, Harvey, if Wes Burns is there. Maybe not for us because we'll be losing him for those few, few weeks, a month, but it's great. How are you though, my friend? It would be bittersweet, I think, is the answer to that. It would be great for him, but maybe not so great for us. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks, Ross. Yeah, it's nice to be back on. It's been a while. It's been a busy busy few weeks, busy few months, all sorts going on. So, um, no, it's good to be back on, talking uh, talking all things Ipswich. And as you said, not long till the season starts. It still find it bizarre that the season officially starts this month, obviously, with it starting earlier this year. So, um, no, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to getting involved and discussing discussing a few different topics yes well let's bring it on then boys and um so kieran mckenna and co all the players are currently at loughborough university doing a, a training camp i'm sure a lot of running a lot of ball work and all that sort of stuff a lot of great pictures and content that's been chucked at us already um but of course we want to see signings don't we, we want to see the sexy stuff and um good old dan the cricket fella um also part of the fan social posse um did a bit of a poll on twitter and it inspired me for this sort of section for the podcast it was actually talking about would you like Town's next signing to have a proven chat record? So basically someone who scored goals in League One, maybe one promotion from League One, or potentially from a higher level, maybe someone from the Championship, maybe a, a young player from you know a Premier League club. Um, so, Cole, what are you wanting next? Do you want someone who's got a proven chat record on League One or just promotions on their belt or just someone with potential? I think... I'm quite excited by the possibility of, of landing George Hurst. He is someone that proved himself at, at League One level last season, but he's also at Leicester and uh, could stay there and show what potential he's got in the near future before they might decide to release him for good. So I think he ticks all the boxes. We've, we've got Ladapo in, who has 
obviously scored goals the last three or four seasons at this level. And we've got uh, John Jules in as well, who may be that player who has the potential to score a lot of goals for us. And I think Hurst falls kind of in between the two of them, if that makes sense. So I think my next signing, I would like Hurst. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's proven he can score. I know he had a, he had a bit of a weird sort of spell at Portsmouth because he didn't score for a while. Then then he didn't did score loads and he didn't score for a while. But um, he had a good spell there at Pompey and uh, you know is a, a promotion rival as well in Pompey because um, I'm sure they're going to make some good business. Um, ben, over to you there, my friend. Carl has spoken. He wants someone who scored goals in his division, um, but he's also got potential on his side as well. What's your take on the next town signing? Yeah, I, I, as Carl said, we've got Ladapo, who has who's that proven League One goal scorer. We don't know what's happened with what's going to happen with, with Joe Piggott. Who's to say that he doesn't have a good preseason and and and, can, and comes back and again up until last season he was a proven League One scorer. So I think if we are going to get another striker, maybe it is a case that Joe would leave. Would I to answer your question? I think maybe someone with potential. However, I would prefer. It to be a permanent signing and not another loan. I, I don't mind the odd loan um, in the squad at all. Um, but obviously with John Joe, John Jules from, from Arsenal, that, that, that's one already. We, we, you know, we'll probably get another one, I thought, elsewhere. You don't really want more than three or four. Quite often loans come in January as well. So I guess we'll have to see where the market is. It's still early days in the window. I think for town fans, but most of us aren't very good at being patient. You want to get people through the door as soon as possible. But that's easier said than done. But I think I certainly get more excited by the thought of getting maybe a, a younger player that we sign permanently that we can mould into our own. You know, McKen, we talked about how good he is as a coach plenty of times before. So I think that suits us more maybe than under previous managers when they were coming in sort of those older school ma- managers, all the pools. Um, I think um, they went to the loan signing because they want improvement players or they want improvement players in League One like your Norwoods, your Piggots. So... Um, yeah, someone with potential, Ross, that we can we can see grow and, um, and become a town player over three, four, five seasons would, would be what I'm looking for. Whether they are available is obviously another question. Indeed, yeah, they've got to be available. And But then we've got that pulling power now. We've got the American money and all that stuff and Mark Ashton pulling the strings. Um, Harvey, I know transfers rev your engine, the sexy stuff. Um, but what would rev your engine more, a potential player or someone who's done it at this level? Yeah, I think... Ben hit the nail on the head, really, in terms of, I think, the kind of profile that, that we need. And I think, to be honest with you, that's the, the kind of profile that McKenna's after. I think he's shown that on his recruitment so far. Um, I kind of went into this summer with a bit of a snobby attitude because of last summer and 19 signings and, you know, Fraser, who's a statement signing, Pickett, who's a statement signing. So I kind of went into this summer with the same attitude. So when we signed, like, Greg Lee, for example, I... On the, on the surface, I was a little bit underwhelmed until I actually sat down and thought, we've got a manager now who knows how to coach and improve players. I can't remember the last time we had a manager that did that, to be honest with you. So for me now, I, I put it on Twitter a while ago, it doesn't matter too much to me whether we're making a signing from Morecambe or, or, or Man United because I trust McKenna and co to, to coach and, and improve them properly. Like John Jules, for example, is one that really interests me. Um, you know, he's had a really bad time with injuries, but he's still an Arsenal player, so they must rate him. Arteta likes him a lot. He said that in the past. And McKenna has got a proven track record of improving youngsters. So that is one that maybe last season, if we'd signed him under Cook, I would have been a little bit, I mean, an R and over. But because of McKenna's track record and, and Martin Perch's track record and improving players continually, that that excites me. So, I think, it, I think it's good to have a balance of the two. As Ben said, it's not as easy as that. We've got the likes of, you know, of John Jules, who is a little bit raw. Granted, he scored a few goals in this level, but not, not a hatful. But then we've, at the same time, we've got someone like Greg Lee, who's come in last season and made a lot of appearances, scored a few goals. So I think a mixture of the two is good. Um, but if, if I was to, to say what I'd like, who or what slash who I'd like next? Um, I'm, I'm with Card. I think George Hurst would be a brilliant signing. Um, it's, it's interesting that we're going down a different route now in terms of, of, of strikers by the looks of it. You know, we've got the likes of John Jules and Jackson, Ladapo, who are quite good and, and quite good, you know, running in behind, um, all offer kind of similar traits. Um, and 
now we go for someone like George Hurst, who's 6'3", 6'4", a threat from set pieces. So we've got a balance there. Um, so to answer your question in a really long-winded way, um, for me, it would be Hurst that I'd, I'd like next. Um, but in terms of the in terms of a sexy name or sexy signing, that kind of thing, over the summer, I've, I've begun to, to process the fact that, to be honest with you, it doesn't necessarily have to be that sexy name to, for McKenna to get the best out of him because I, I trust him and the coaching staff to do that. You know what? I think Dominic Ball is the sexy name. He's he's just growing on me every time I see content from him, and he's an absolute unit um, and a great character in the squad. So um, he's probably that, that out there. And he's a free yeah. transfer. I love, yeah. I love sexy free transfer signings. Um, Carl, I'm actually going to go over to you now just to call, sort of rate the window as a whole so far. Um, we've got another month of the window. Um, month or month, well, actually no, scrap that. Didn't have a month and a half or something like that. We got we got a while away still. But how would you rate the signing so far? Oh, this is your first time on the podcast. It's always good to hear some other new insight. What, what what do you think of the business so far? Yeah, I think it's been really good and very prudent. I must admit, three of the four signings I've never heard of, like most fans. And one thing that I want to pick up on is you still see people begging the Ipswich Town admin on Twitter every day just announce a signing like we've not signed anybody. And uh, apologies, Harvey. <laughs> um, and I, I like a signing as much as the next man. And, you know, today we were seeing um, the possibility of signing the guy from Leeds or, or a bid going in. And yeah, that, that's exciting. And if it comes off, brilliant. But just to put a couple of stats on, on signings, We've made four so far, as we know, and the general consensus is we need around about six. When I listen to your podcast, other podcasts, see what people say, most people say five, six, maybe seven. If it is to be six, we're two-thirds of the way through our transfer business already. Last year, at this date, we'd signed six new players and obviously went on to sign 19. So we was only a third of the way through our transfer business as of today's date last year. And on the day that Tyrese John Jules signed, the 22nd of June, 22nd of June last year, we only had Wes Burns and Lee Evans through the door. So we, we made double the number of signings at that point compared to the same time last year. So I think in terms of getting the numbers in, we, we're well down the line. Obviously, we've got four. And if it is to be six, we're only looking for two more. Yes, I'd love this Leeds left back. And... I'd take Selena and Bond back. I know that is a bit divided with, with, with some fans. I think if we get the Leeds player in, I can't remember his surname. I know his first name's Leaf. Is it Leaf or Davis? Life? Davis. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't ask right, me okay. pronouncements, but yeah. Yeah. Um, if we got him in and we got, say, George Hurst, for example, then if Selena came, job done for me. Um, so yeah, I think so far, as at this point, it's been a really good transfer window. You're making a debut, Carl, and you're chucking out some stats there, some good stats about transfers. I like in that. Um, Ben, over to you quickly, and then we'll talk about squad numbers. I'll let Harvey lead that because he loves squad numbers, and I'm sure he's basically already written down all the squad numbers already. I'm sure actually, I saw you do a tweet once about the players and stuff, although you put Matt Penny down twice, apparently. I won't get into that. Um, but Ben. What do you reckon so far the transfer window and what other positions do you reckon we need to strengthen in? Yeah, I agree with everything Carl said, which is incredibly boring for a podcast like this, but I do. So I'll try and make, um, try and bring something fresh to the conversation. Um, just touching on sort of one thing you did say about last year's transfer window, completely unprecedented, of course. We're never going to see the likes of that again as a club, I don't think, and, and quite rightly so. As much as um, I think they were saying Paul Cook was like a kid in a candy store and all us fans were, were getting um, a sort of a sugar rush from all, all of that news, um, we were enjoying it. it. It's not a way to run a football club properly um, and it's not sustainable either. Um, so, and it, we do love signings. Whatever you read on Twitter or fans forums or whatever, we, fans are always wanting the next best thing, the next shiny thing. It's like... I hope she won't listen to this. Like my wife with new handbags, she always wants a bloody new handbag, you know, just because she wants one. She's got about 12. Do you need 12 handbags? No. Do you need 12 new signings? No, you don't. So maybe a reflection of the uh, outward society that we just like shiny new things all the time when let's just be patient. 
it will work its way um, out in the end, I'm sure. Us fans can be patient. We can do our job, as, as Ashton asked us to, I think, in the last window. Just be patient. Don't spread the rumours. It hurts the football club. I'm, I'm more than happy just to wait until we see some uh, cryptic, cryptic clue from the Ipswich uh, admin staff. And, um, and then we can all get excited. Then whether we need, well, in what positions we need, Ross... I don't left back. It depends what they think of Penny, a left wing back. I would I would be surprised if we didn't sign another left wing back. Hence the link with um, the lead youngster. Obviously, he was on loan at Bournemouth last year. Looks like he's got decent pedigree. Um, I, I definitely think we need another ten, another number ten. Whether we're playing with two tens this year, it doesn't really matter. A Luco at thirty four slash thirty five is going to need, um, or he's not going to be able to play. Let's say he's not going to play 46 league games, is he? And that's fine. He's a class act, but we play him sparingly. And then Chaplin, for me, fantastic player. He would be one of the first names on the team sheet. But we need another number. We definitely need another 10, someone to play in that role. So I would think someone there in that position, maybe another left sider and maybe another striker. So possibly three, which would be seven signings, possibly six. Shame we're not a fly on the wall of the McKenna slash uh, Ashton offices, but that, that's my take on it anyway. Ah, good takes, my friend. Good takes. Okay, then. Harvey, it's your time to shine. Squad numbers time. Um, oh, that rhymes. Hard on me. Hard on me for once. Um, but it's this time of year, I feel, it's now talking about squad numbers. You know, we've we've made some signings. The squad is looking good in, in pre-season. Um, some people will care. Some people will. Uh, like yourself, Harvey. I know Bono, you know, good old Hutchie. Andy Warren, he's always loving his squad numbers, I'm sure. That could be a special podcast, just talking about squad numbers. But Harvey... Take it away. Which players are getting what? There's going to be a few, like Sam Moores is a big talking point. Yeah, 55 last year. We had a lot of players who had big numbers because we made 19 summer signings. Um, but what, what are the numbers that standing out for you? Who's going to get certain numbers? Yeah, it feels like yesterday the season finished, didn't it? And now all of a sudden we're talking about transfers and squad numbers and stuff again. It's absolutely flown this summer, hasn't it? I, I think, which is which is definitely not a bad thing. I'm, I'm raring to go again. Yeah, there is a few... There is a few um, Interesting ones, isn't there, this year? We thought last year was, was going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a few interesting ones this year. I've, I've, I've got a few noted down. I'm not going to go through the whole squad because that would be incredibly boring and everyone would turn off at this point. But I've gone for Walton. Walton's got to have a number one, hasn't he, this year, surely? You know, Holy's gone, Holy's been released, so he'll be number one. Um, Greg Lee, I've gone for a bit of a controversial one with Greg Lee because I see him as a bit of a, bit of a utility player. I'm going against my my prior beliefs, and I know the uh, the Hutchman won't be won't be very happy with this. But I've given him the number two, and I know he's a left back. I know that's a bit controversial, but he's filled in at right back. He's filled in at centre back, so I can see that. Um, a few other talking points: Morsi, I think he'll take the five this season. Um, I know Edmondson's five, but I can see Edmondson moving to four. Um, and I don't think Harper's going to keep the keep the number four shirt from uh, from last season, unless McKenna, you know, sees him as as, a, as an integral part of the team. Not that squad numbers necessarily mean that. We've seen with Morsi was fifty five last season and captain, so. Um, but I think he'll move to his his favoured five, considering he's the captain as well. Um, Ladapo, I think, will get ten. Uh, Selena or someone else will get eleven. I think. Um, I think Ladapo has been ten at Rotherham, hasn't he? So I think he'll get he'll get ten there. Um, George Hurst or maybe another striker at number nine, and I think Piggott. I've got Piggott down as eighteen here, like a nice number for Joe Piggott. Um, and that's about it, really. John Jules, I've gone for number twenty. Cameron Humphreys has, has, has got a bit of a uh, has, has improved a little bit. He's gone to twenty-two. Um, and poor old Matt Penny, I've gone for twenty-seven, which is firmly firmly out of the. Uh, out of the manager's plans, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's just a few that, few that I've got this season. It revs my engine. Um, some people love it. Some people couldn't care less as long as they perform. And to be honest with you, I'm in the same boat as well. Walton can win number nine as long as he as long as long he doesn't concede uh, many goals this season. But, um, yeah, that, that's what that's what I'd go for. But nailed on, I think. I think the dapper will be 10. I don't think I mentioned Borley. The ball was number 12 at QPR. I think that was vacant from last season, so I think he'll take twelve. Um, so yeah, that's my that's some of my picks for uh, for this season. Don't know what I'm I'm reading 
into the the squad numbers so far in preseason because there's been players that just I don't know not like Sam Orsi was wearing number fourteen, but then he was already mm. in the first eleven in the first thirty minutes, so or no second half. And there was a few other like players who I don't know. I'm reading too much into yeah. it, but I I'm feeling Sam Orsi going to wear number fourteen. I don't know why. It just it is what it is. Uh, I won't nice. read into it too much. You never know. Uh, that'd be mm. a good good call. I'm going to clip this up. You never know. Um, Cole, over to you. Harvey loves squad numbers. We we're talking off air. And the big question is, do you care? And I'm sure listeners out there think, why are we talking about squad numbers? Who cares? But some people do, Harvey and Pachi and all that. But yourself, do you care? No, I don't care at all, mate. Um, I found it interesting on the odd game last season when we had a number 11, 22, 33, 44 and 55 out there on the pitch. If only Joe Root could play football, mate, and we could sign him, then we'd have a 66 out there as well. Uh, But no, I couldn't. Oh, I got Matt Penny's shirt the other day, and I know that's got number three on the back, but after that, I'd be struggling to tell you who wore what number. I think the Nassim was 44 and Morsey 55. There we go. I forgot about the Holy One. Walton One doesn't have quite the same ring as Holy One, does it? But uh, no, I, I couldn't. If, if that's one of your quiz questions, Ross, who wore the number uh, nine shirt last season, I'd be struggling. Well, I've got that on the strike. There is two questions on shirt numbers, um, but it's not from. <laughs> it's actually from older players. So, uh, oh God, so, sorry about that, Carl. Your, your first strike on on the podcast. It, I may have put you down there already. But um, also, Carl, I have a question before we go over to Ben D. After get his take on squad numbers and stuff. Um, if you could be a town player, what shirt number would you have? This is time now. You wear. You would care about shirt numbers. Yeah, definitely. I had a. Twitter profile picture for a long time with uh, the back of a shirt with full of flavour over the top with number 78. And uh, 78 was because, well, A, we won the FA Cup, but B, that was the first year that I went to a game at Portman Road. So 78 was always you know, a big number for me. And as it's a big number, it's too big probably to have as a squad number. So uh, my favourite number is 25. And uh, my birthday's on the 25th. Christmas Day is the 25th. Finished my part run in 25th place. So, uh, and did that in 25 minutes. So, 25. Have we got 25 at the moment, Harvey? I don't think we have. No, I think that's vacant at the moment. So, uh, so yeah, get get onto the club and show them sort that out for you. I think it was yeah. Tom Carroll last year. Yeah, it was Tom Carroll, right. yeah. So, no, no, you're all good. Yeah, I'll take that one then. What is, um, Harvey, for the squad number man, um, what is normally a 25? What is... Uh... What sort of position is that? Is it can it be a midfielder? Because that's what Tom Carroll wear. But I think last year the yeah. squad numbers just all over the place. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. I don't see why not. It's not like a, it's not got like a designated position like a like a number nine or you know like a, I remember Sheffield Wednesday went a bit mental with squad numbers a few seasons ago and they had a goalkeeper as number two. I think they had Jordan Rhodes as number six. Um, their owner just decided to pick all the squad numbers for the season and just went on a mad spree of putting like defenders number nine and stuff like that. It was it was uh yeah it was bonkers. But yeah, twenty five is good for a midfielder, I think. Don't see why not. Now, Harvey, what would your squad number be then if you could have one? See back in the day, back in my when I when I used to play football for um for Fist Fine Tigers back in the day when I was a when I was a youngster, um I was a goalkeeper. I, and I was actually a quite a decent goalkeeper until I realised that Actually, I'm not going to grow any any more. So, I'm, I'm for those that don't know, I'm five foot seven. So, I wouldn't be the most um, reliable of goalkeepers, to say the least. So, I would have said number one, but um, oof, I don't know. I definitely haven't got the finishing ability for a number nine or a number ten. So, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go number six. I'll take that. Someone who can uh, dictate play from defence or midfield. I'll, I'll, I'll have that. I like it. I like it. My, mine will be um twelve because it's just my birthday and I just like the number twelve. Um, Ben, over to you then, my friend, to wrap up the squad numbers. Do you care? And uh, what is Ben Diaf getting on the back of his shirt? Uh, I, I quite like numbers. I like how neat everything looks on the back of a shirt. So there are some numbers I like and some numbers I don't. Um, but also probably as I've got older, I've realised that most of the players that I like. It, the numbers that I like are because of players that I like. And then throughout the time, obviously, Sporting Town, most players have worn most numbers. So I've just ended up not really being bothered because 
now we've got Morsi, so suddenly I like 55, whereas that number would never have come across my thinking at all. Carl obviously just alluded to Joe Root, the best English batsman of all time, probably 66. Trent Alexander-Arnold, 66. Why would you have that on the back of the football shirt? Now that suddenly looks all right. Um, growing up, it was always number seven. I was a right, I was a slow right winger, sort of in the Darren Curry mould. I know he had 10, so I ended up liking 10. But like David Beckham, so I like seven. Um, and then I ended up, because I was quite slow, going back to fullback. So then I liked two and thought I was Fabian Vilnius. And then three, if I played left back, because I thought Tariko. Um, so two, three, seven. Always like one to 11, though. I must stress. Squad numbers. I know why we need them in the modern game. But if my dream this year would be to see an Ipswich one to 11 at Portman Road. I mean, I don't care as long as we win. But it'd be great to see one to 11. Burnley did it last season, I think, didn't they? I think they were the first team in like 30-odd years to have 1-11 to 11 as, a, as a starting lineup, um, which that, is very short dodge. Very short dodge. In, in fact, I almost feel like it should be, they should appeal their relegation to the, yeah, to the Premier League. Absolutely. Um, for the 1-11 to the 11 that they managed to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, last year, very lucky, Ross. I, I chose Burns 7 because I like 7 and I like the look of him as a player when he scored that fantastic goal. I think it was our last home game of the season. I know, I know we won against yeah. 3-1, but he scored a stunner. I thought he looks all right. And it, I mean, got very, very lucky. I got some good wear out of that show, shirt. Sorry, I wasn't embarrassed wearing it at all. So um, this year, will I keep with Burns? I quite like to mix it up. I want to see what number Morsi wears. May get, maybe may get him or Chaplin on the back. Seems a bit strange as a 36-year-old getting a name and number on the back, but I just think it looks cool. I just think it looks neat and tidy and finishes off the shirt well. So I guess I like squad numbers, but it, it won't break my heart depending on uh, depending on what numbers for who. I'm looking forward. It's going to be a big day. I'm, I'm sure it's on your calendar ready, Harvey, when that does drop and you'll you're look at and debate and stuff like that. I know Hutchie will be pairing and preparing to pen that, that article and sort of talk about it and dissect everything. All right then, boys, let's get into the strike then. Um, four questions plus a tiebreaker if needed. Of course, play at home as always. Um, it's always good to get the listeners involved if you are um, a keen listener. And um, let us know how you get on normally if you do well. Um, Carl was saying when he does listen normally in on his runs, he doesn't do very well. And um, I'm sort of told him already that we've got a few shirt number questions. So I'm um, sorry to say he may struggle more now. But um, you never know. Could get some shot in the dark. So you never know. All right then, boys. You ready for question one? And it's not on a shirt. Um, number, Carl. It's it's on a loan player. Um, Liam Rossinia. Um, he celebrates his birthday this week and he's also, of course, the new Derby interim manager. Um, Derby, of course, uh, finally got that takeover sorted. Um, but he had a loan spell at town from which club? Was it Fulham, Hull City or Reading? Liam Rossinia. Um, I'm trying to think how many games he played. I think it was like 30 games or something. Loan spell. Um, of course, many of loan spells under the Paul Jaw and all those areas. Let me quickly double check. 2009-010 season. Um, that doesn't even make sense. 2009-10 season. 10 season. <laughs> uh, well, whenever you're ready, guys, what do you reckon? Fulham, Hull City or, or Reading? Fulham. Hull City. Fulham. Wow. You're all wrong. It's ready. It's ready. Oh, why, why, Ben? Did you did you have a little? I really thought it was running, and then I, you know, well, you make you, you change your mind, don't you? It's easy to say now, but I blame Ryan Gosling. That's the pad I'm working on. Look at that. <laughs> My wife. Love it. I'm sure it's available in some excellent like paper chase or something. You've got a little tip in each one. The first one, he says in in the corner here. Hey, girl, who cares what they think? Just be yourself. Some really good advice from Ryan. Top man, Ryan. Because it is his star. He's going to be um, Ken, isn't he? Ken Doll in the, in the new Barbie film. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, good, good choice. Good choice. Good, um, uh, yeah. Nice sideways. Yeah, good distraction yeah, yeah. to us getting the answer incorrect there. Yes, pretty much. Liam Rossini to basically Ron Gosling being Ken in the Barbie movie. Um, okay, question two is on a shirt number now. Carl, I'm sorry to say, but you never know. You can still get it right. There is three options. Oh, that's the wrong question. Ignore that. <laughs> Didn't go. That's the tiebreaker. <laughs> Uh, you go a little, you go a little think for that. Uh, question two though is on Sheva Shalabar. Um, he celebrates his birthday this week, and now what shirt number did he wear at town? Was it two, six, or fourteen? 
Trevor Shalabar. It's, it's crazy to think, you know, he's now playing week in, week out with Chelsea in the Premier League. I always thought he was a decent player when he was on loan. Just he joined us at a time when Paul Hurst came in and then he got sacked and Paul Lambert came in and relegation and all that. But um, he sort of one shining light for that season. I never rated him, I have to say, and he, he's yeah. proved me completely wrong. Uh, I don't know whether that was because he plays in the back three now, doesn't he, for, for Chelsea, or he did last season. I don't know whether that's his that's his position, but I never never rated him when he was at, when he was at town. I just didn't think he did enough. That's fair. That's fair. Because I think that was his second loan. No, that was his first loan spell. Because then he went out to France. Um, yeah. I think the next thing. And Huddersfield yeah. Huddersfield first, and came to us, and he then went out on loan to France somewhere. Yeah, okay, did well then. Yeah. Um, okay then, boys. What do you reckon? Then? Two, six, or fourteen? Six. Fourteen. Six. You weren't you weren't you were you weren't wrong, Carl. It's uh it is six. You weren't as bad as uh squad numbers, yeah. Um so it is six, so it is two, two, one. Do not worry, Carl. Guess what? There's another squad number <laughs> question. <laughs> but this could be a test now, because this may be a question never been asked before. I'm, I wanna hope this is this could be a very rare question. I'm hoping it no one else has ever asked this before. Now Barcelos Biokoski. Now, if you can remember, he had a loan spell with the club in 2008-09 from Southampton. Now, what was his shirt number during that time? He didn't play a single game. He was on the bench a few times. But was it 23, 28, 35? So now Harvey's thinking, oh, what would a goalie get? What, <laughs> losing the logic of squad numbers, what would goalie get? The 23, 28, or 35. So he yet never made an appearance in that loan spell, but he was on the bench a few times. Had to Do we know why he wanted months. 33? Because he always wore 33, didn't he? He never had one. Uh, I think the question yeah, was Yeah, 33. I think it was like a, just a family thing, I think. Do you know? Or he was just yeah, giving... Gherkin, was, was Gherkin at the club? Yeah. The same time yeah. he joined? Yeah, Gherkin yeah. never left, did he? So, well, he yeah. did, but not, yeah. not until yeah. afterwards. I, I think, but then I think he just... I think after a while, you just get used to a number. Because he's got that uh, um, Millwall on E33 still. Mm. So, and he had it at Notts County. So, But he didn't have yeah. it at town in this season. It's 23, 28 or 35. So what do you reckon then, boys? I've gone for 35. Yeah, I'm, I'm just writing the same. Um, yeah. The, the standard bold. 28. Oh, hello. Guess what? <laughs> Cole Fuller has got it right. It's 28. That's great. Really? I did not have a clue. There we go. So um, Total guess. So it's 1-1-1. It's one, one, one. Going to the final question. Um, and the final question is on good old Boncho Gwenchev. Um, he celebrates his birthday on Thursday. So, happy birthday to him. Um, now, he scored a hat-trick against who in the FA Cup? Uh, let me just quickly... Oh, I think I know this. I think Cole knows it already because he's writing it down. I've got options, but um, I'll yeah, bring them up anyway. Grinsby, Trambia yeah. or Plymouth? Um, well, the, the person I thought it... The team I thought it was is there, so now I really hope it is. Yeah. Harvey, I'm sure, yeah, both you, uh, we, well, both of us wasn't alive when this happened, but um, um, but you never know. Shot a dog. What? You weren't alive? No. Well, it was like 99, no, yeah, good point. 1994, <laughs> 1995, it must have been. No, 93, I think he, saw, um, that, I think that was, or 94, the FA Cup, because we got to like the sixth round that year. Yeah, I thought it was 1994. I think I was uh, mascot the third, for the third round that year. Oh. Yeah, it was 93, 93, that FA Cup. So, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, wasn't even, yeah, thought of. But anyway, um, take it away then, boys. What do you reckon? The Grims. Grimsby. Grimsby. Grimsby? No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've got Trump here. Yeah, it's a complete gap. How about a bonus? Who scored the other goal in the game? Ooh. Oh, Carl, he's, he's confident here. So, okay, maybe I can give you options. Um, I, I was at the game. Me. I was in the North Stand. Grimsby fans oh. took over the top tier of the uh, Cobbold Stand. Ooh, extra stats. Um, now, actually, I'll let you guess. You got to try to try and go back to that era, Ben. I think Carl knows it because I've just looked, and he's definitely. I know. I know why he would know it. But have a, have a little, what do you mean? You know why he would know it? Does that make, make it obvious? What's his favourite player? <laughs> well, I don't know who that is either. That's good. Um, thing. That's a good thing then. Um, I guess Neil Thompson. 
What do you reckon, Harvey, from that era? 90-0, season, first Premier League campaign. No idea. No idea. I'd have to I'd have to really think about it. John Walt Penn. I'll just keep saying names. Well, well it is John Walk. It is John Walk. I don't I don't think it was a pen though, Carl, was it? No. I think it was just a normal goal. Yeah. Do you, remember the, do you remember the John Walk celebration? He's here, he's there, he's every blooming where? Yeah. I think every Ipswich fan in the North Stand that day joined in with that. There was just arms everywhere. It's brilliant, it was. Oh. What a legend. Yeah. Yeah, good old Johnny Walk. Because that was in that was in his third spell at the club. Um that, we still have a tiebreaker though, boys. Um Carl, it was a good idea having a bonus sort of point there, but I think we still got a tiebreaker because we are still drawing between Ben and Carl. So Harvey still play. If you get it bang on, Harvey. Lads, what do you reckon? You get yeah, it's Harvey's. On, yeah. 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 The title goes back to Wales. There we go. Okay, I'm just going to remove the answer because I put the answer on there. <laughs> that would have been good. Um, now, we're playing West Ham at Portland Road in pre-season um, on Tuesday. Now, how many times has Town beat West Ham at Portman Road in 33 games? 33 games. All competitions. 33 games. Of course, uh, we play West Ham a few times in pre-season because they, they don't count as competitive fixtures. 33 competitive games. How many wins against uh, the Mighty Hammers? I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, different uh, basic mixtures of town fans coming to the West Ham for any, because I'm sure there's a few people who probably support West Ham and it's rich as well um, because they're so nearby. Um, keeping with the squad number um, chat that we had, I'm going Darren Bent's number, 18. Uh, where? 18. 18. Okay. Uh, I've gone slightly less. I've gone uh, 14. Ooh. Well, Jermaine Wright, one of 14. I initially wrote 23, but then I thought about it. Um, <laughs> and I've gone, that's that's I've a gone lot. Se- I've gone 17. 17. Oh. Okay, then. Well, Harvey was so close to getting it bang on. He could have ran away with a crown this week. But it's 13. Oh, so, Carl, Yeah, 13. That's rubbish. Yeah. So, 13 wins, six draws and 14 defeats. So, they've beaten us more at home. Um, so, Thanks, Carl has won because he got closest um, in terms of the head-to-head between you and Ben. So, Carl, uh, despite you uh, worrying, um, you've won. Um Speech, my friend. How's it feel? Um, embarrassing because I think, apart from Grimsby, everything else was an absolute guess. Yeah, the Bart, the Bart question that, that sort of brought you back into the game, and uh, then yeah, Boncho, when you saw that, when you you didn't even need to the options, you knew straight away. You were writing that down, and then tiebreaker time, just had to shot in the dark, hope you got closest, and luckily you did change it for twenty three to seventeen because uh, if you kept it with twenty three, then Ben would have ran away with it. Um, okay, then boys. Strike done for another week. Hope everyone at home enjoyed that another edition. Uh, mixture of different players from Liam Rossini to Boncho Gwenchev. That's what you that's what you get on the strike on the fan social. Um okay then boys. Um Amanda Dobra is no more. Um he has joined Chesterfield. He left town on by mutual consent. He's reunited with Paul Cook, the National League side. This is likely always gonna happen. Um I think when we didn't see him in the preseason sort of first week, didn't see him at Needham Market. Didn't see him go off to Loughborough. We probably knew he was going to be out the door and um, had a very disappointing loan spell at Colchester last season. Um, Cole, what's your thoughts on this, my friend? Um, a player that I was excited about when he first came through, but just hasn't worked out in the last few years. Yeah, totally agree, Ross. I was excited and uh, thought he had a good chance of making a career at Ipswich, certainly for the next two or three years. Um Disappointed, I guess, that it hasn't worked out for him. But I had, I know both of the Colchester fans and they both told me uh, that he started all right, but just got worse as each game came along, really. And it wasn't a surprise that he ended up in their under-23s, playing against Ipswich under-23s even. Um, and I guess we keep having it sort of put to us to trust the process when it comes to signings. We equally have to trust the process with whoever Kieran McKenna decides to release. And if he has decided to release 
Dobra, then that's good enough for me. Um, it would be difficult, even if he was still at the club, it would be difficult to see where he would certainly start. He, he may have got a bit of game time with the extra substitutions are going to be allowed now. But, um, yeah, disappointing, but totally understand why. And uh, we move on. Wish him well. Yeah, I think we always do wish them sort of players well. We've seen a lot of the, basically a lot of the recent academy products, you know, leave the club, like from Flynn down to Zell to Jack Lancaster and all those sort of names we can sort of talk about. And Ben, Cole made a good point there, is that you can't really see where he's going to get really first team football, really. We've got a lot of players in his position, um, but of course the substitutions, even the pizza trophy, the cup games, but just there wasn't, for me, a position for him to really fit in. Uh, what's your take on, on Dobra leaving the club and of course teaming up with his old manager in Paul Cook. Yeah, I, th I think it's a really good move for him, actually. He was never going to do it for us. Uh, I think when he first burst on the scene and sort of that excitement of having um, an under-21 international, an Albanian international, under-21 international. Um, and he did show spits and spurts. He got that fantastic um, goal against Gillingham at home in the Pizza Trophy when he cut in on his right-hand foot. I think it was against Gillingham. Um, and hit the top corner and everyone was thinking, oh, there's that potential from Dobra. Can you kick on now? And he, he just never did. It's easy to overrate your own youngsters and players that have been at the club for a long time. I, I just think we, we he had a chance. He had plenty of chances. He seemed to have a bit of a short fuse, which again, as a youngster, you can often have. I know we've seen Flynn Downs have that and he's gone on to do fantastic things and let's hope he gets a move this summer and um, we get a, a little financial uh, reward from that. But um, yeah, Dobra... I'm not even sure I'm sad to see him go. Um, the squad, we've got we've got enough youngsters coming through now. We've seen a few more youngsters giving professional contracts this week or the end of last week. So, yeah, just his time was up. You know, good luck to him at Chesterfield. I hope he finds his level either there or, or up in League Two. But I, I would be amazed if he got any higher than League One. I think where we are as a club now, it just shows us we don't need to ha hang on to youngsters with Dobra, hoping that they reach a potential that they may not ever get to. So... I know it's a really sort of negative comment, but I'm really not fussed about him leaving. I'm not sure if many town fans would be. And if they are, then they need to look at the bigger picture because we're trying to move on up. We're trying to sort of shake things from from the last sort of four or five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons of, of the depressing outcome. And we, we need to aim much higher. And I think Dobra's just a casualty of that, really. I think so too. And, and Harvey, um, I just randomly found an article um, back in... Basically, deadline day 2020, um, Town were rejecting offers from Brighton in the Premier League. So from there to now basically leaving the club on mutual consent, basically dropping down to the National League. Um, it's been a very interesting few years for Dobra. Um, as I said, when I was saying to Carl, I was a big fan of his. You know, it's just how he sort of went about it in games. And he's very feisty. Of course, he got sent off on his, I think it was, I don't know if it was his debut or whatever it was against Accrington. Of course, live on TV, where we needed someone to sort of change the game, and he got sent off. Um, and as I think it was Ben saying, he got sent off against Albania for Albania recently as well for the under twenty ones. But um, what's your take on all this, my friend? Yeah, you mentioned the Accrington game. That was the uh, the first town game that I took my partner to. So um, I just remember it all kicking off, and she just turned and saying to me, "He's a bit angry, isn't he?" Yeah, he, he is. He is a bit angry. Um, yeah, it's a shame because he's clearly got lots of talent. Um, you know, I don't think Brighton were the only Premier League club interested in him. I think there are a few others that have shown quite a bit of interest in him, to be honest with you. Um, and when he was coming through, I really did think that he's got the potential to 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 outgrow us at that, at that point, to be honest with you, where we were with Marcus Evans. Um, I thought he'd be a re real valuable asset going forward, but it's just not worked out, has it? Um, you know, I think if, if Dobra was... was just coming through at this point when McKenna had, had, had come in. I think he's a player that, that McKenna could have really worked with and got his claws into. And, you know, we talk about these two number 10s that, that McKenna's played last season, whether he'll continue to do that this season, who knows. But, you know, in a, in a, in this, if, for that for that position, I think Dobra and the way he plays is, is actually perfect for that position. But the, the issue we've got is he he's not up to the standard to play that position. So, Am I sad to see him go? No, I'm not sad to see him go because, as Ben makes a, a valid point, we're, we're, we're a different animal now to what we were when Dobra was first coming through under you know, Lambert and, and Cook and, and what have you. So it was the right move for all parties, I think, to move on. But um, I think he has got the potential to play higher than League One. I really do. Whether that's 
championship or whether he goes to a different country and, and plays in a top tier in a different country, I wouldn't rule that out either. Um, I think he has got the, the potential and it wouldn't shock me to see him do that. But for his development at the stage that he's at, I think he's 21 now, isn't he? He needs regular games and I actually think moving to National League could be a really clever move for him because I think, I know he had a disappointing loan spell at Colchester, but if you look at Colchester last season, I think the majority of their players had disappointing spells, to be honest with you. So I don't think he's he's on his own in that sense. Um, but I'm disappointed because he had the quality there. It's just He just didn't utilise it enough. So um, wishing the best of luck. Certainly the right decision for him to leave. Um, good of the club to... Uh, you know, to to part ways and and you know say to him go go find yourself a new club without haggling for any sufficient money or anything like that. I'm not sure he would have got a lot anyway, but um, yeah, I can see him doing well in in the national league and and hopefully pushing on from there. I'll certainly um, keep an eye on his career because he's a player that I always like watching. Um, we mentioned the red cards and all that, but I kind of like that unpredictability. Um, you know, Morsi's got it to a certain extent as well. I, I I do like that in a player. You know, someone who's feisty and who's up for it. Granted, it it was his downfall at times, but um, a lot of the qualities of Dobra I liked, but ultimately um, wasn't good enough. You know, we're invested in that position, whether it's Selena or someone else as well. We've got the likes of Cameron Humphreys who plays there. Um, you know, Tawanda Chirewa who plays there. Tommy Hughes is coming through who can do a job there. So he's he's well down the pecking order. And as Carl says, we've got to trust McKenna. You know, whoever he wants to get rid of. He's worked at the very top of the game, so I, I trust him and, and believe that that's the right decision um, for all parties, definitely. Yeah, we've we've moved on from Dobra, it seems. And um, yeah, we wish him all the best of luck. Um, now, the final set piece of the podcast is talking about departures in general and um, sort of just doing it as a wide um, supporting the club. And um, it's a question to all you boys. And also get involved, um, listeners, uh, let us know the most heartbreaking town departure in your town supporting life. Um, what was the supplier that you, when you heard they were leaving, you were just heartbroken, Carl, over to you. Um, what is the player that sort of stands out for you when you heard he was leaving? You're going, oh no, I'm so sad. Um, I'm going to have to give you two names because the first one, comes from a predictable era for somebody my age and I'm talking about the boys of 81 so the 81 season um, I fell in love with an entire team really and there were two or three players that had become my favourite ever players and uh, I guess because I was of the age of nine I guess in 1981 coming up to 10 and then over the next few years you're at that age where you have um Posters on your bedroom wall, let's say. And, of course, back in them days, my children can't believe it. But when I tell them I used to get Shoot magazine and it was just full of Ipswich and Liverpool players, they don't believe me. So it was quite easy to get an Ipswich player in the magazine to stick on your wall. And uh, as and when that Boys of 81 side started to break up, uh, the first five players that left were Murin, uh, Mills, Brazil, Tyson, Burley, I kind of accepted that. But then Mariner was the sixth player to leave that side. And uh, I think that kind of kind of hurt a bit. But it, it was when Terry Butcher left because he was one of the last to leave. I think only Paul Cooper and Steve McCall remained beyond Terry Butcher. And when Butcher left, and obviously we went on and got relegated um, that season... I was at the Oxford game and we won 3-2 and we thought we'd done enough to stay up, but then we lost to West Ham and Sheffield Wednesday. And, and Butcher leaving was like the real final nail in the coffin. It was the real end of an era. That that was the last big-name player. Uh, played 53 games for England whilst at Ipswich. Um, him, him leaving was a real signal to the end. And that was the probably the biggest-name player that... I found it hard to accept that he'd gone. The only crumb of comfort was that he'd left the English game and gone up to Scotland because I knew then that I wouldn't have to face him against us. And uh, I couldn't bear the thought of watching Butcher against Ipswich. And I've met him a few times and I know that he loves the club, he's, he's involved with the club and uh, it, it, it just satisfies me that we never had to play against him. But the, the other name, I didn't really feel upset until it was a bit, sort of after the event so not quite at the time 
but that was Jason Dazelle. And I was upset when uh, when he scored an 85th minute equaliser for Tottenham against us. It was live on Sky, day after my 22nd birthday, 26th of September 1993. And uh, we were losing 1-0 at half-time. I think Teddy Sheringham scored. And then Simon Milton and Ian Marshall, I think, put us in front. And we looked good to win that game. And then five minutes from time, Dazelle wearing the all-yellow of Tottenham scored in front of the North stand and he went absolutely berserk. I mean, players say, yeah, why not? Players scoring against their ex-clubs, why should they hold back? But he didn't not just hold back. He, he he kind of done a spin on the spot and he couldn't believe what he'd done. And that hurt me. That that really sort of rammed home. God, I miss Jason Dazelle. Why have you just done that to us? You, you know, you gave us so many good memories in the 91-92 season and, uh, you know, youngest ever goal scorer, local lad. And, yeah, it, it was gutting to see that happen, really. But I didn't really feel it at the time when he did leave. I thought, good luck to him. But, yeah, that was the day when I thought, I wish he'd never left. And that goes back to saying about not having to worry about Terry Butcher doing anything against us like Jason Dazelle did. Mm. Very good. Very good point, definitely. Uh, definitely when a player leaves and you, you you never know, they could be facing up against you at some point. Thankfully, Butcher wasn't that case. But some great names there. Uh, ben? Over to you, my friends. I'm intrigued. What what player broke your heart when they left the club? There's so a bit like Carl. There's not just one. The, 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 there are three standouts from three separate eras. So I'll quite I'll go through them as quickly as possible, and not not to bore on. Um, I'll start with the really obvious one, actually, which is the one in the middle era, which is of course Matt Holland. Struck by administration, it felt like everybody was just taking our best players. I mean, what did he go for? Like 800 grand a million when we were in administration, something nowhere near as much. I mean, can you imagine how much he'd go for now if we were, you know, in decent financial straits in this market? He was everything that we wanted as a midfielder, as we know. The lap of honour around after the home games was brilliant. Lifting the trophy at Wembley, et cetera, et cetera. When he left, as much as it was inevitable, you just hoped that he would stay. Because initially, you know, he did stay on for a little bit, not immediately after relegation. Um, but yeah, the fact, I think the price just hurt because you knew he was worth so much more money and your club captain and probably your best player leaving. Um, I was 16, 17, so still sort of at the time where you're still sort of a young adult and those, those feelings are still quite raw. Felt like getting dumped by your first girlfriend still. Uh, that was sort of how Matt Holland felt. Um, and then a bit more recent, and that's mainly because of what a great stint he had with us for, for, for one season and, and then a bit of the next season, of course, is Daryl Murphy. Um, also, my wife is from Waterford as well, so I always felt when he was banging in the goals during that playoff season, that was sort of the first season where we first uh, started courting. And uh, my uh, my wife was just, I think she was incredibly proud that the, our best player at the time was from the same city in Ireland that she was. Um, so, so many good memories from Murphy. And then I think it was made worse, obviously, famous signing and to replace him because Leon Best, who did absolutely bugger all. Um, and it was one of those transfers, actually. It, it, sometimes you remember where you were. And I remember being just attached to my phone on deadline day. We were away in Suffolk, actually. And um, it's just a horrible feeling when you knew he was going to leave. And inevitably, he scored, didn't he? Um, I know we won that game 3-1, but when he came back to Portman Road, he scored. It just, it just seemed like he worked so hard for the team. He was, he was a great player, I think, for us. And it was just so sad to see him go. And just, again, showed us that we're just little Ipswich again, unfortunately, after so many good times. Other clubs can come in and take our best players. Um, and then someone else who actually made the same exact transfer, but much earlier. And when I was, I was definitely upset, um, I'm pretty sure I cried was after the playoff defeat to Bolton and he scored that fabulous header from the edge of the edge of the penalty area. God knows how he scored. He didn't score many of his heads, but when Kieran Dyer scored that header to send it to extra time, we still ended up losing on away goals to Bolton um, and throwing his boots and his shirt. And I don't know, I think he was just with his shorts at the end coming off the pitch. I, I was in the Churchman's, I think. I wasn't in the North Stand because I was under 16. So I wasn't allowed at the time. But yeah, I just remember sobbing, knowing he was leaving. Yeah, I think we all knew he was going to leave, but he was our sort of great white hope at this, you know, at that point. Hope, our best hope of making it to the Premier League. When in actual fact, he turned up being he was our best hope of making it to the Premier League because with the money we we actually spent it wisely, bought some fabulous players, and went up the next season. So it's a happy ending, but I probably just about for being so young, Kieran Dyer was the one that broke my heart the most. 
some good names once again. Um, Harvey, oh, well, we're both similar ages, and um, yeah, we've seen some yeah bad players leave, and uh, probably we think good riddance. Um, what what's your take there, my friend? Which sort of player you can name a few if you want? Sort you you should have tear it a bit because oh no, they're leaving. Yeah, I think it would be easier to go with for, for us, Ros, that that the happiest players we were, you know, we, we were happy about leaving rather than the ones we were sad about leaving in, in our area, to be honest with you. Wasn't fortunate enough to um to uh to know you know know so well some of the players that Carl and Ben mentioned. But um I think my kind of Ipswich fandom really was the start of um you know, I remember Matt Holland and, and that's the one that came to mind straight away. But that was very much at the start of my Ipswich sound supporting life. Um, some players I love growing up, like this is a random one, but I love Jason DeVos. He's he was a centre back that I, I just I just loved, and I don't feel like we replaced for years. Um, Darren Bent, another one who was, was good when when he left. Um, Aaron Creswell, another one, another bit of a left field one, but I love Creswell and what, and what he did. Um, I remember saying to to some of my university friends at the time when McGoldrick left, that he could easily play in the Premier League and, and I got laughed at and then he went on to play in the Premier League with Sheffield United and scored double figures. He was someone I, I, I loved watching and Murphy kind of took the took the spotlight away from McGoldrick, didn't he, with all his goals that's that, that season. But a lot of Murphy's goals came through McGoldrick's, you know, well, his work rate and what, what he broke, brought to the team as well. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few there that I was really disappointed about. Um, if I, if I had to pick one, it would, it would it would probably be Holland, but I wasn't fortunate enough to really live the Matt Holland era. If you see if you see what I mean, as I said, that was very much at the start of my of my support of, of Ipswich. Um, John Walters, I remember John Walters. I was I was gutted about when he left. Um, I think I watched the the game. The one of my first Ipswich games. It might have been my first Ipswich game to be honest with you. Was the um, game at Chester away where John Walters played in the FA Cup where it was a nil-nil draw and why I decided to fall in love with Ipswich Town I do not know because it was an absolutely dire game Ipswich were abysmal and John Walters I think missed about three sitters that game they should have won quite comfortably Chester that day um, and then I think we signed him a few weeks later so for 100 grand which proved to be a pretty good signing from Jim and Jilton um, and my first, lastly, my first visit to Bolton Road, I, uh, I, my dad took me to the club shop, bought me, bought me a town top, and said, "Get whoever, whoever you want on the back of it. You know, it's, it's your treat. First time you come in here, so get whoever you want." So I thought about it and thought about it, and I loved the number thirty-three. So I, I went for Gary Roberts, and I said, "Yeah, that's hundred percent the one I want." My dad was questioning it a little bit at the time, and I said, "No, I'm sticking with it. I like his number. I like him. I'm going with it." Um, and I think two weeks later he left, something something like that. So uh, that was um, I was gutted purely because of the fact that I got him on the back of my shirt, um, and he left a few weeks later. And he wasn't he wasn't massively loved, was he? I remember him being a little bit of a scapegoat with uh, with town fans that they weren't big fans of him. But I was determined to get him on the back of my shirt. So that that uh, that was gutting as well. So uh, yeah, there's there's a few names there for sure. Definitely a few names. I think John Walters for me is a big one. I'm um, Cole. Yes, uh, yeah, I've just had a little thought. I know what does make me cry. The fact that that whole 81 team, plus if you want to throw in Steve McCall and Kevin O'Callaghan to make 13, that whole 13 was sold off for just over £2.6 million. Now, I know people will say, but in 82 to 87, money was different to what it is now. But just bear this in mind. Paul Mariner left Ipswich for Arsenal in February 1984 for £150,000. Six years before that, Trevor Francis, another strike, was sold for a million pound. So, yeah, I know that £2.6 million may be a lot of money in today's money, but we got rid of some players. Needs must, because obviously the club needed to finance a new pioneer stand, as it was. But, I mean, Mick Mills, yeah, OK, he spent 13 years at the club and was getting on in his career, but he just captained England in the World Cup and then a few months later joined Southampton for £50,000. George Burley left for 50000 You know, I could go through them all. But that makes me cry, mate. Not just one player leaving, but a whole squad of 13 players sold off for less than £3 million. 
It's peanuts. 50, 50 grand for big bills. You just, yeah, yeah, just led England to the World Cups and, you know, yeah, led us to UEFA Cup and FA Cup glory and we're letting them go 50 grand. That is just, uh, but then, of course, money was very much different back then. I don't know how old Mick Mills would have been when he left the club. Um, but 50. But, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Um, but that is, that is just heartbreaking sometimes when you when you see players leave for just peanuts sometimes, you think, really? Um but yeah, standout ones for me, if people care. John Walters would be up there as well, because I was a big fan of him when he first sort of, as when I was really supporting town week in, week out. Um, and then, yeah, Aaron Cresswell was another one, um, because I just loved him bombing down the left flank. I was thinking, are we going to be able to replace him? Toro Mings did a right. Um, but yeah, those are my shouts. All right then, boys. It's been another fantastic podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. But as always, any other business? So, Carl, any other business? A great debut, my friend. Hope you've enjoyed um, I know you've got a book coming out, so would you want to plug it a bit more? Yeah, thanks, Ross. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Nice to meet Ben and Harvey as well. It's been a, it's been a good evening. Uh, the book is quite a long way down the line now. It's, it's just sort of with, um, I understand from the project manager, it's just with the layout designer coming out, hopefully end of August, town on the telly. Bit of a strange choice, one or two have said to me, given that uh, we're not great on TV. Rather than looking at only three wins in the last 35, I prefer to say that on average we win one in every three games. That's roughly the record in 171 live games. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that will sell well. Matt Holland's written the foreword. Talks are advanced with, I was going to say the name, but a, a good selling bookshop, let's say, in most town centres. Hopefully the club shop will take it on and uh, I might sell more than a couple of copies. I like it. I want a signed one, mate. When I see you, I'll get a signed one. There we go. Happy my, days. My answer, my answer to that is I'm sure Matt will be happy to sign it for you. Uh, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> indeed. Um, thanks for joining us, Carl. It's been a pleasure. Over to you then, good old Ben Diaf. I'm going to be seeing you on the five-a-side pitch on Wednesday at Goals and Itchwich. But before that, any other business? Uh, no, just um, looking forward to seeing. Well, a pleasure to to meet Carl uh, virtually as it as it is over these things, but um, bump into him hopefully in the season and, and Harvey as well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to. I think I'll probably go to the West Ham friendly, so hope to see some uh, some of the fans um, after this break over the summer, and then see more of us as the season gets started. Not sure if I'll be on before then. So um, yeah, it's 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 ramping up. I'm, I am slowly but surely getting more and more excited, Ross. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed listening. We certainly all enjoy uh, doing this, and um, it's always good to share our thoughts. And I'm I'm sure people can uh, yeah share theirs over Twitter or YouTube or whatever whatever. It's always good chatting town. It is indeed. And the final man, the Sweet Rouse Prince Harvey Davis. It's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Any other business, my friend? I'm just jealous that I can't join this five-a-side because, honestly, every time we talk about it, I'm thinking I'm going to have to somehow time my Portman Road visit next season in, in on, on the same time you're doing this because I, I, I need to see I need to see Ross Halls at his, at his very, very best. Um, no, apart from, apart from that, no other business for me. Good to be on again. Um, good to speak with you all. And, uh, yeah, bring on July the 30th. I'm really looking forward to what I think is going to be a really, really successful season and I'm, I'm really confident of that. Yes, mate. It's been another great show. Hope everybody's enjoyed listening. And of course, I should have said this earlier in the podcast, of course, support our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and all that. Um, we'll be back for another podcast later in the week. For the main podcast, the boys will be there to chat all things town. And uh, of course, build up to the West Ham friendly um, on Tuesday. Um, that is it from me leave us a review subscribe if you haven't already at Kings of Anglia and yeah leave us a cheeky review let us know what you think of the fan social what you think of all of us in general basically and um, thanks again for listening bye bye for now from true crime to football Brexit to Pokeball more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Channel Slash Audio.